Castlevania. Enter at your own risk. A chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. I'm Joe. And I'm Sam. Guys, I can't help but feel a little underwhelmed at that back of the box for Castlevania. I really wanted to, like, hype it up or, like, you know, you know, I guess, like, enter if you dare would have... I I guess this wouldn't have been true at the launch, but eventually it's like it speaks for itself. Like, now... Yeah, like, Castlevania alone, just say that, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> the back of the box would just say Castlevania. It's just the front of the well, box. Sean, uh, you say a good Castlevania. You like to play Castlevania. Yeah. Well, I, do, you, do you have like an origin for that? Because I've heard you say that a lot, and I'm not sure what it's from. I'm paraphrasing, but I'm just I'm just going off of Psycho Mantis from Metal Gear Solid. He oh, would, okay. He would read your uh, memory card, and if you have a save from Symphony of the Night, uh, he would say that. Which makes sense, because they're both Konami games, and uh, this is a Konami game. Yeah, welcome to Konami, everybody. <laughs> uh, we we had another Konami game though that welcome we back. loved. Yeah, we loved. Uh, everybody remember Gradius? Yes, that was a good one. That was a great Gradius. Or Gradius? Who knows anymore? I, I like to think it's Gradius. It sounds it more Gradius. Uh, Gradius sounds very official. Yeah, Gradius sounds like the rich people's way of playing that game. <laughs> oh yes, I play Gradius. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't change your voice like that. People don't know. On a podcast. That wasn't me. That was that was Bill. That was my that was my rich neighbor. Yeah, people came here for Castlevania, so let's give it to them, guys. uh, I don't I don't even know how to like really start this one. This is a this is a big endeavor. So maybe just give me your first impressions because I think for a couple of you guys this was your first time. Yeah, Sean, let me hear it. This was my first time playing Castlevania. uh, Pretty much any Castlevania for the most part. I think I may have touched Symphony of the Night for a few minutes before, but. This is my true uh, introduction, um, and I was just sort of uh, blown away just by the the scope of this game, like the fact that it's a it's a coherent adventure. Um, the context, like this, is the first game that we played that it feels like there's context to what you're doing um, throughout. I'd agree with that. Yeah. You have to do a little digging through the manual and like back of the box and kind of stuff like that to get like a little extra backstory, which is nice that that's included. Yeah. But there's also like enough in the game too, oh, yeah. to like enough understand to what's going over, on. Like this is, this is past just like world one. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? Better story than Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. So that's, that's my first impression. Joe? So this wasn't my first time playing this game. This okay. is one of the few games when I was a kid, when I was a little kid, I, that I played a lot, actually. So I have a little bit of nostalgia glasses going on, but playing it again now has made me... I mean, I, I loved it when I was a kid. I never got very far because I was just bad at video games. But Okay. Um, no shame. <laughs> but Judgment-free zone. This is the uh, the first time I was able to like look at it and see, and like really realize like how well it's... It's designed well, and it's, you know, little the little things I didn't notice when I was a kid. Like, you get the weapon you need right before you need it, or you have the option to get the weapon you need right before you need it. Things mm-hmm. like that are very, were very, like, satisfying to me. Also, I just feel like this is one of the, it, it's trying to tell a story, but it's also one of the more serious ones. Like, it doesn't feel too silly. Okay. At, at least at least in comparison to, like, some other games. Well, Even, you, you played this game as a kid, so yeah. were you ever scared of it as a kid? I don't think so. I guess it doesn't get like not enough to be frightening, but just 
this is going beyond my initial impression now, but it has an air but, to it, though. Yeah, like like one specific thing was there's there's you know the the invincibility potion potion whatever yeah, you call it looks it. like a potion. But it, instead of having like a like a goofy or like a jingle or a sound effect, it has like a kind of like just a cool like mystical sound to it, which I feel like in any other game we've played that would have been like a yeah it would have been all, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or an entire music track right, and just right. like really upbeat stuff. <laughs> Anyway, that went a little beyond the yeah. initial impressions. So. Sam, what do you got? Um, so my, when I fir- first played this game, uh, I mean, we've been playing adventure side-scroller platformers, I guess you'd call them. Um, before this, we played Trojan, we played Ghosts and Goblins, and playing this one, it was like, oh, okay, this is what it, like all those are supposed to be like. You mm-hmm. know, like, this okay. is the one that does it right. Um, and I think part of that is just because Trojan, Ghosts and Goblins, those games were arcade first. Mm-hmm. Castlevania just slams right onto the Famicom disc system at, as like its original, yeah. you know, version, and so it's like designed for a console experience. And the other, I think one of the first things I noticed also was destructible background objects, which is the first time I feel like we've seen that in, um, in a game. Okay, like you don't really interact with them except if you're breaking them. You know the uh, the candles, yeah, and everything, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I just thought that was really cool. The candles, yeah. the walls. You just slap yeah. whatever you want. It actually took me a while to realize that you could destroy the candles, even though they're everywhere. Yeah, I just assumed that's the background. Well, you know what's funny? I, not to get off first impressions for a second, but I, Sam was making me think that is like I rem- I remember just instinctively hitting the candles, but then like later on in the game, I was like, <laughs> like when did they ever tell you to do this? Like you know, I was they like, train you. I mean, okay. it's, it's uh, in the beginning. It's actually very interesting. It's sort of like that the game is the tutorial sort of thing. Um, when you are walking into the mansion, yes, I love that you're bringing this up. Go um, on. They have these huge, uh, like lanterns yep. or whatever we want to call yeah, them. Yeah, they're like torches. Yeah, yeah, they're they're huge torches. So they pop. They pop way more than the candles. Mm-hmm. And naturally, you see something that pops out of the background. You're going to interact with it. And the only thing you can do to interact with it is to whip your whip at it, or crack your whip at it. And um, that teaches you that if it's a thing on fire. You should probably hit it with your whip. Yeah, and not only that, it rewards you yeah. pretty instantly with a longer whip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I found that to be like the best method of just like starting the game off with the longest whip. It, um, you know, just hitting both of those things, and then you enter into the castle and you have the longest whip already. Mm-hmm. So that that was really cool. I just thought that was funny. I was like halfway through the game and I was like, what What made me think to hit candlelights? <laughs> but why not, right? I mean, it, it gets the game gets really weird as it goes on. Uh, you can you can even uh, hit the walls to reveal like fully cooked dinners mm-hmm. that they're your only source of health throughout the game. But we'll get there in a minute. I just want to really quick give my first impressions because I've played this game before, but never like. I don't think I ever gave it really a chance, especially knowing that there's a Castlevania 2 and 3. I always just saw this as like a like an entry thing that you just, oh, yeah, this was their first attempt at making this. And it's pretty hard and not that fun and kind of rigid. But boy, was I wrong going back this time because, and this is what I love about nostalgia and us and hopefully the listeners playing along, is that when you go through it chronologically and you come across a game like this, this game is the first time I can remember being this excited since like Super Mario Brothers. Like this is a this oh, yeah. is a complete game that feels good, that plays well, and is just like has everything going on for it. And compared to what we've been playing, I'm like, oh wow, no, this is a game that still holds up. Like we've been talking about some other games being like, yeah, you can still play them today. It's like it's like no no no, no this this is cool. So that was my initial impression right off the bat. Sounds like you're giving away your vote for the. Uh, I never <laughs> said that. 
but <laughs> you know, maybe I did. Hey, some of the listeners might not even know what an essential games list is yet. So, uh, real quick, I'm gonna get into the objective of the game. Uh, not gonna bore anybody with like a long plot synopsis, but just to keep it interesting, the Japanese manual gives a little like clue as to what the game is really about. It takes place in 1691. Good year. And every hundred years, I don't know why they chose 1691 anyway, but did Ooh. did you get a feel for 1691 in this game? Oh, I did not get a specifically 1691, but maybe they were trying to make you think that, oh no, 1991's only a few years away. Oh, that's kind of uh, cool, yeah. yeah. <laughs> every So every hundred years, Dracula is resurrected and comes back stronger than ever, and it turns out that... Um, I don't know if it's your dad or your grandfather, but Christopher Belmont was the last one to take care of... So I guess it would be your grandfather. Christopher Belmont was the last one to take care of Dracula, and now he's been resurrected by a group of paganists uh, <laughs> on Easter <laughs> Sunday. pagans. On Easter Sunday, no less. And um, Dracula has come back, and now Simon's like, well, I guess uh, it's only up to me because us Belmonts are the only one who can take care of this situation. So now you <laughs> as Simon Belmont must uh, go into, uh, I guess, Castlevania or just... Ca- the castle in Transylvania? Yeah, the castle in Transylvania. And uh, raid it, essentially, and get to the top to fight Dracula. And along the way, you'll go on a Universal Studios tour <laughs> yeah. through, through all of the various uh, monsters from the 30s. Are, yeah, we, like, is, like, are we sure like this isn't just Universal Studios Florida? Yeah, I mean, it could be. Is that, <laughs> and actually, it's kind of crazy that they never thought to turn that into a ride, right? Like, <laughs> at Universal Studios, it's like, everybody gets a whip, and you just go around, and it's like the reverse of those haunted houses yeah. around Halloween time, where it's yeah, like, you, just, you don't... You just berate all the people. <laughs> yeah, you, this time, yeah, you, you just, just attack people. the people instead of them attacking you. That's an idea. That'd be cool. So that's really all I have to say about the plot. Let's get into the nitty-gritty of it, guys, and talk about gameplay. All right. I, I have one. I have one. This might be like, I, I don't have a lot negative to say about it, but one thing that I that I did notice right away is that the controls, while they're very precise, they're a little stiff. The oh, jumping yeah. especially. Yeah, I think that's my biggest complaint. Uh, no doubt they're stiff. Uh, give us some examples. So, I mean, just when you're jumping in general, like, there's a lot, of, a lot of precise dodging and avoiding that you have to do, or even, even when you're cracking your whip, you have to be very, you have to time it very well. Uh, uh, an enemy can be pretty close to you, but still have some distance. You go to crack your whip, but the amount of time like it takes for your arm to go back and come forward, like the enemy's like through you already. Well, I want to. After a while, once you start to get the hang of it, it actually just kind of adds some challenge to it, like your timing. But at first, it's a little, it's a little jarring. See, I want to go into that and and talk about the feel of the whip as a pro, because most of the games that we've played. When you press the action button, it just, whatever that action seems to be, it just happens. Like, there's no real, like, feel for what's happening. It it just, like, feels like a switch or a lever, and it's just one-to-one. This is the first time, I think, or maybe I haven't forgotten. No one's going to hold it against you if you forgot. (laughs) (laughs) That there is, that your action actually has some weight to it. Because of that split second delay, yeah, that, that's a good. point. There's actually like an animation to it. Yeah. It's not yeah. like you just hit the hit the button and and your whip is fully extended. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, that I enjoyed sense. that. I like, gotta yeah. say, it's, like, yeah, it's game feel. It, like, I, it feels yeah. like a whip. Yeah, I guess for me it was more. It was more so the whip did at first throw me off. Maybe because I just wasn't used to it. But more so the like the jumping in general. Like when you're dodging something, it it felt 
I, I don't really have another way of describing it other than no, like, and it's it very no because it's it's rigid too. Yeah. Because here's the thing: is like uh, sometimes in this game you're tasked with jumping over like fireballs or um, other enemies, and you know even just the idea of jumping in directions is kind of like something that has to be premeditated. It's not like you can jump and then choose where you want to land. If you hit the jump button but without a direction, you're going straight up and. Like, I don't know if gravity is tougher or something, but you just come right back down. You can't move at all. Like, you just fall right back down again. And so that's my complaint about the jumping, I guess. But I don't really have a big complaint about the jumping because they managed to map it to the right button. They mapped it to a button (laughs) instead of the up arrow. I can't imagine how, uh, how I would feel about this game. If it was the oh up, God. if it was the up arrow instead, because that would kind of kill me. It'd be impossible. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, yeah. I'm not impossible, but right. But you can like see right why they might do the it because time. you could put the action button to uh, to be your sub weapon, you know, yeah. instead. So you could have the whip and then the sub weapon yeah. and then be jumpy up arrow. So they they sort of had a trade off there because just using your sub weapon is a little little fickle, like because you have to do up and yeah. the button. I definitely mm-hmm. used it by accident yeah. more than a few times. So I, let's I, talk about yeah. um, the fact that there are sub-weapons. Yeah, okay, I cool. Suppose. So, I mean, your sub-weapons that are available to you, you have the dagger, holy water, uh, boomerang, axe, and stopwatch. So I guess we can just kind of go through each of these. But first, let's just talk about the mechanic in general because I want to talk about Sean's point there where I agree that it was a little weird that you have to, you know, press the up button to throw your, um, to throw your sub-weapon. But I also kind of understood it. Like, yeah. like you're going to have to use that stuff, like to throw a dagger, you're not going to be able to just be like walking and throwing daggers mm-hmm. or like using the stopwatch and not like thinking about how I'm supposed to be using those things. So I gave them a pass on that. Yeah, I didn't it's, mind just a, it. it's just a another uh, constraint of having a small controller. But the, the, the sub-weapons themselves are pretty good. Uh, I, I mostly opted for the boomerang uh, where I could because if you do it right, you can kind of get two hits off of the mm-hmm. character because it does kind of extend out further than just hitting the person. It's kind of weird that it doesn't, like, lodge inside of them or yeah. something. It just goes past them and then comes back around. I found it the most effective for me, at least. Yeah, the, I saw. I, I watched a speed run of it also because I was curious, and mm-hmm. I saw that guy doing stuff with holy water that was really cool where he... Throw it down and then have an enemy like chase him. But he would throw it and then walk through it, and the enemy chasing him would just die before it got to him. <laughs> okay, and yeah, so by walking into the fire. By walking into it, yeah. So I think there's a lot of cool stuff that you can do with all the weapons. And so I think it's cool that they each have their own. Yeah, I mean, even just like, you know. jump around too much. Yeah, talking yeah. about like the axe, even, which I thought was uh, real funny. I thought that was like a late game item because the first time I played <laughs> this game, it didn't show up for me until the Grim Reaper stage where those axe knights are. Yeah, yeah. So, so I was like, I was like, oh wow! Finally, like the axe, I can combat them with the axe thing, and I thought it was like a really good weapon. I wasn't too crazy about it, but one thing I liked about it, just talk about details, is that if you throw the axe at the axe knights and it goes beyond the shield and kind of clips them in the head, it does extra damage. It doesn't require; it only requires two to three hits, depending huh. on where it hit them. As long as it hits them on the back of the head. I thought that's wow, really cool know, and specific. That they that, had sweet spots. Right, that it matters. Yeah, yeah. a lot Headshot. of the uh, enemies in the game have yeah have a sweet spot to them or a specific sub-weapon that would work on them. So like well, early Mega Man mechanics in yeah. a way. Well, that Because that, now I'm curious as to whether or not this is true, but do you guys know, are some of these weapons fixed? Like in a spot where you find them? Or like when I play through another... Some are. Because I felt like I would always or frequently end up 
with the weapon that was the most useful against the boss I was coming up to. I, and I thought that was just good game design. I Yeah, I don't know if it's good game design or not. I will say that, like, yeah, there are definitely some that are planted. For instance, at the very end, the holy water is always available for you to fight off Dracula. Right. But, like, I can't say with certainty that, like, every single candle is going to have, like, sure, that specific sure. no. sub-weapon but, but you, behind you it. You mentioned that you didn't get the axe until the end. Which is what made just on me... my first playthrough. Oh, oh, okay. I did wind up getting Cause... in on another playthrough, like in the first level, right. and I was like, I was like, oh, this is great too because the phantom bat is right. uh, the... a good way to take yep. on. I, with I the got axe. the axe for the bat, the the cloak or the clock, the clock. The stopwatch. Stop yeah, stop I'm watch. reading yeah. my notes and I read cloak. The clock for Medusa, which which was is perfect because yeah. it stops it stops the head and its tracks, and then the the throwing knife. For the mummy, which was perfect, because there's two mummies, so I could I could throw back and forth and stay between. Well, them. I mean, I don't want to get we won't get into the bosses too much right now, but uh, the stopwatch is interesting because the stopwatch actually stops time, but requires more hearts. Yeah, right. Mm. So it's like it's like a good trade. I was wondering why it wouldn't work with one heart. Yeah, yeah. it was something I thought was like. You know, I was like, like oh, this might be kind of broken. Right? Like, you know, that I could just yeah. stop time whenever I want, but then you quickly run out of yeah. those hearts. Yeah. One thing I will say about uh, going back to just placement of these items and where they drop, um, I do know just because I looked at a couple strategy guides that there are some that will always drop the dagger or will always drop um, uh, some other. Well, then that, that's item. good game design. Yeah, that's yeah. good game design. Another thing is that uh, if you are, have died. And, like, if you come into a level pretty, like, powered up, like, you've gotten you've gotten your whip upgrades, um, there will be some of those missing. You'll, there, there will be some torches missing that when you die and come back, there will be more torches so that you can get your whip oh, back up to shape. Now, cool. I did, that's interesting. I didn't notice that there were candles missing, but I will say that a huge improvement in this game with power-ups is that when you die you get the ability to kind of get your whip back up to, you know, to final form real fast. You yeah. know, it's usually like you'll find the first one kind of like right away in your first couple candle hits. Mm-hmm. And then maybe if you make it to like the next room, you'll be able to get the final form of the of the whip. And I like that because if you look at another Konami game like Gradius, it was like, hey, try yeah, and good build. Luck. <laughs> yeah, like you try and build all this stuff up again before it's too late. Oh, wait, here's the boss from the end of the stage. <laughs> right. It's like, no, that's not how I want to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think it's cool. We didn't talk about this, but I think it's cool that your main weapon is upgrade like you can upgrade your main weapon yeah too. i think that's like a really interesting thing the that we vampire killer that, oh that's, that what, that's what it's called the, the yeah. whip is called the vamp the vampire killer and then for some reason i don't i don't know why it's done why it does it like this but the final form is called the morning star hmm. that's well, what i was able to find online is that the name of the like ball at the I end of it i think that is yeah. what it is okay yeah. yeah but yeah i just thought that was cool that your main weapon can be upgraded yeah, and it's I cool think, because I don't think we've seen that before. Yeah, the original, uh, the original weapon is just like a leather whip, yeah. and the ball doesn't come until yeah. afterwards. It looks and... really wimpy in the first right. form. Yeah, yeah it's the actually... first form actually, because I, I lost it one time, and it was before I knew about the candles, so I couldn't get, I couldn't find a way to get the whip back, and it was like it's tough to use the real whip. I, yeah, I, and the, it, the it, original yeah, whip. To Sean's point, it's pathetic too. It's like weird that this is like this is the great Belmont whip that has been <laughs> killing vampires for hundreds of years. So, like I beg to differ. Does the like the basic basic whip does that do less damage or is it just less reach? No, it's just less reach. It doesn't okay. do less damage.
okay, so I think we can talk about bosses a little bit, and you know, from there we can talk about stages too. So let's just go through stage one, uh, which is the Phantom Bat Boss. What I really like about this level is that you start outside the castle, you enter your way in, and then you're just kind of like walking through the main hall, but there's already like some little things here and there that give you the idea that like they, they put some thought into where enemies were going to be and how you would traverse the level. I really like that you have to go underground because you can't reach the next set of platforms. So you have to go under, uh, not not underground, but to the next level of the basement and then venture through and to get back up and go over to the next side right. of the castle like it's not just a straightforward yeah. path you mean via um are you talking about just within the first level within the first level yeah okay mm-hmm. not when you get to the catacombs that's yeah, cool yeah. but we'll get there but, but yeah but even that kind of uh, set the precedent for the rest of the game where it's like it's, it's side scrolling but it's not just like it's not like mario where you're just going straight from left to right Right. Like you, mm-hmm. There's a lot of lateral movement and a lot of like a little bit of backtracking. And I can't remember if there's much backtracking in the first level, but it kind of like sets up the idea like this is what the game's going to be like. Well, one thing that I wanted to mention since you mentioned uh, enemy placement, and I'm sort of going to crib this point from uh, an old Ego Raptor video from like seven years ago. Okay. Um, the way he described it was. Um, because of how we have played these side-scrolling action games in the past, we just sort of just go right. Go right and, like, hit attack when you see something. And the enemies are placed in this game so that if you do that, you will just keep dying. And I love that because I think, you know, one mistake I used to make playing this game was just trying to rush through the yeah. level, attack what comes at me, and it's like, that's not going yeah, to work here, especially in the later levels. This is a game that wants you to take your time, take a moment, and think about where, what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. So I, I really like that about this game. Yeah, and I also like, um, you know, I'm not going to say that the enemies are like, it's not like Super Mario Brothers where it's designed mechanically to come in on a certain way when you enter the stage, but I did appreciate that it wasn't like, Kung Fu or Trojan style where things just keep continuing to appear yeah. and rush into the stage. Unless it's a Medusa head. Yeah. yeah. Well, but the Medusa heads do <laughs> have a method to them too. Right. It's, all, yeah. it's just but like it where is, you yeah. are. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but I did notice that sometimes if, if you if you defeat something and you go back, it'll be right there again. Like, yeah. If you if you scroll, yeah, yeah, that, I guess that's what I'm saying. Is it's back, not it's like back. it's not that polished. Right. But it is kind of cool, you know. Super Mario Brothers wouldn't let you do that. You know, that's because you, you, you can't go back. Yeah, right. right that's what I'm saying. Uh, so that's the main hall, and then you fall into like that. Um, what I was trying to say is, when you go down to the basement, it's like that f- where the fishmen come out. Oh, I love you that. You know part. what I'm talking about? Yeah. Those little like. Right. Uh, and that's yeah. Like, now that you mentioned, that's like the only instance of them, right? Yeah, that's yeah. the only instance of them. And at first, I thought they were like incredibly annoying, but then I realized, like, no, just kill them before they ever even like touch <laughs> ground. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> Uh, and they shoot like little bubbles and stuff like that, but it's really nothing to worry about. And you can duck on those. So I like they that. They are, I think, the scariest ga- like designed monster, though. Like, Do you think they're the scariest? I think so. Not oh, I the like, skeletons I like that throw their own bones? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would say that they're... That- the fish seems scarier to me than the skeletons. Yeah, right. Skeletons well, more like Lovecraftian. Oh, I like I the know. fish. I I think that the maybe not scary, but just the most annoying one where those little what's it called the flea guy or yeah, something. You wanna, yeah, you want to yeah, you want to talk about those I, guys. I, I hate the, those guys, yeah. and they're not fleas. No, no, no. Uh, I, 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 know, I, I was watching. I was watching the speedrunner. He called them flea something, but um, they're like frogs, right? Yeah, they're they little like little monkey guys. They're hunchbacks. The hunt. The yeah, I, I forget what they're called. <laughs> they're all of these things. Um, all right, but that's like that's stage that's three. three. So let's yeah. let's keep going on with stage one here. So you get through the fishermen, and then uh, the fishermen. You get through those <laughs> fish head guys, and then you get back up to uh, the main hall again. And there's the phantom bat, 
who I thought was just like Dracula in bat form, right? Because like that's a thing that Dracula does yep. in certain lores <laughs> that he he turns into a bat. So I was like, oh, right off the bat, like you're fighting right off the bat, <laughs> you're fighting Dracula. Oh. And I thought that was like a you know a cool thing where it's like maybe like Super Mario Brothers where it's like World One One, World One Four, and you're fighting Koopa automatically. So I presumed it was Dracula. Apparently, it's not. It's just a regular bat. But Joe, you said that the axe worked out well for you here. Yeah, well, it's just because because the nature of the bat is flying above your head a lot, and you otherwise have to kind of wait for it to get on your level or jump up to it. But the uh, the axe you throw in an, an arc, you throw an arc up above your head, so you can kind of just keep throwing them up at them. And I thought like, oh, the game planned that yeah which yeah is nice uh, the stopwatch also works on the yeah. phantom bat that's how uh, it's the right method yeah. uh because he'll just freeze up and then you can almost whip him in, and kill him before he re before he like unfreezes Wakes back up yeah yeah but even if he even if you were, didn't manage to do that you just freeze him again and do it all over but i agree that if you don't have the stopwatch at your disposal the axe is great I don't think that the dagger or the um holy water will really help you here because no. the holy water definitely, definitely the holy water. Yeah, yeah. won't do it uh, but the Phantom Bat was cool. I liked how it did also when it gets, like, really close to you. If it knows you're in proximity, it kind of does, like, this psych-out charge towards mm-hmm. you uh, where it's not, like, it's regular movement. It moves faster and comes down at you. And I thought that was, like, wow, it's pretty cool programming that they knew to account for that stuff. Yeah, the AI in the game is pretty good. For the bosses, I'd say. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. I don't think the AI for the, AI I think for the, the other AI, enemies the... has been kind of wonky. For it's them. wonky, but I think it's, like, good enough. I like about the AI, and we can talk about this because now we're moving on to stage two, the torture lab. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that's what it was called. Yeah, that's that's what it is, and you can kind of see that uh, a little bit, I guess. Like there, there's some skeletal remains and stuff like that. But in stage two, that's when you finally meet our skeleton friends who throw their bones. <laughs> and one thing that I like about the AI with them is that. At first, I was like, no, he's locking himself in a position on the stairs where I can't come up the stairs. And now he's just going to be, you know, I'm going to be soft locked out of this. But if you move around, they'll move around, too. And there's a, you know, like, so there's a way to get around it. Yeah. And I like that, like, the AI thought they thought about that part, too, of just practical ways to continue the game. I think the good AI doesn't have to be, like, intelligent. It just has to be, like, you have it has to be consistent, you know, and you have you sort of like manipulating it is good AI. And so I think that that's what's good about it in this game. Cool. So you're going through the torture lab, and also this is where the Medusa heads show up. And I know that this is everybody's, like, least favorite enemy, probably. Not least. Not least. But it's down there. Okay. It's my least. I Here's the thing with the Medusa heads. I, I'm good at them, and at the same time, I am awful at them. Because what's funny is I'm my own worst enemy with this, where if I just stood in my place... I'd be fine. Right. They would just go right over me, you know. Like I, that's how I felt like ninety percent of the time. But then I'll like get excited and jump like, or something, <laughs> or like yeah. or move forward yeah. and run you into can them. like you can hit them quicker or something. Mm-hmm. I do think they spawn in such a way that if you are standing in the same spot at the same time that they spawned, uh, it will hit you. Like, okay, um, right. but, but if you move 
from that spot after they spawn, then you can avoid yeah. it. And yeah. they always they always follow the exact same path path as the last one. So like, yeah. you just stand in that one spot that you find, and it won't change. Uh, Interesting. I yeah. Didn't, okay. And I remember in the the speed running video I saw, there were some parts where he would just run and just they would just go right underneath them perfectly. So there's like a timing aspect to it that you can just get if you know it, if you know the game that well. Sure. And just like skip all of them as you're moving forward. It definitely depends on where you're, you know, where you are in relation to the spawning though cuz uh I've noticed even if I'm jumping like just if I'm in the middle of the air before a Medusa head has spawned, and now it's about to spawn, it will start up on the screen higher yeah. than on the lower parts. Really? But then so will it, they all keep coming on that higher No, track? no, 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 because no, then if you're back down on the lower one, okay. the next one will come on the uh, lower one. It, it turns out to be an effective strategy later on uh, at, the, at the last level, which, which has a very infamous Medusa head moment. But I, I, you know, I just think that it's cool that they're programming all these different ways for the enemies to respond to you. Including even the bone throwing skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I felt like the Medusa heads weren't too bad as long as there wasn't something else you had to deal with at the same time, exactly. which happens. But that, so, yeah, yeah, over time, and that, and that point, like the Medusa head combined with something with anything else is the is almost the worst. But the Medusa heads are unfortunately the entry level, um, or rather the exit level for some people, where it's like, nope, I hate this game. I'm not playing this anymore because. It makes very obvious uh, the power of knockback in this game. Yeah, like when and, you're platforming yeah, and they yeah, knock you and, off the edge. Yeah, you're trying, especially in that part with the Medusa heads, you're trying to go over, you know, pitfalls and other areas, and the Medusa head could hit you in a wrong spot, knock you back like you wouldn't believe. You're like, but it was just a head. But no, you're going back a couple <laughs> yeah. feet, and then you right fall into the perfectly into that pit. So, yeah, like, heads are dense. Like, if you get hit by a head that's flying through the air, you're probably going to gonna get the wind knocked out of I you. I think 10-yard fight would have went a different way if those collisions <laughs> would have played out anything like Castlevania. Always oh, throwing back the 10-yard fight. Uh, you know, why not? Game number one. <laughs> so, you made it, you know, if you make it through the knockback thing, which is incredibly annoying. I, I just want to, like, you know, validate some listeners' feelings. They're like, you know, there's probably someone out there who's like, are they really just going to gloss over knockback like that? Like, no, it's a game-breaking thing in this in this version of the game because some people will never be able to overcome the knockback into the pit before all their lives are exhausted. I get that. Can you add some reverb to this in post? Sure. Um, knockback is the worst part of this game. Great, and that could just be a bite that we use going forward for other knockback <laughs> yeah. uh, versions of the ga- of other games. So uh, you get to the Medusa head, and Joe, I know you said that the stopwatch is perfect for this one. I agree. Because it just makes yeah, the whole fight like the meaningless. Head just flies around and did anybody try anything it. else? No, I just did the I just did the time thing. I I don't remember what I did on this one. Great, I think I just I don't think I had the the stopwatch. I think I just hit it with stuff and ran around. Yeah, I mean it's not a terribly difficult boss fight. It's your first kind of juggling act where there's you know what is that? What is what is it that she has? Is it like a red ball or something? A, there's there's something else that appears on the screen. Oh, the right. snakes. Right. Yeah. It's like yeah. a red ball. Yeah. I'm thinking of the red it's ball just, that you get at the yeah. end. That's like your ticket that's, out of the level. Yeah. Like, for all of the bosses. Yeah. Though. Exactly. Here's your here's your health back. The only time you'll probably get your health, other than smashing open the walls to reveal a pork chop. Pork chop. <laughs> that's what it is. It's a pork chop. What's that doing in an ancient castle? And also, who does that? Who it's smacks the walls? None of them. Food. None of them need to eat to live. 
And they're like, eh, we'll just keep this around on this wall. Dracula must have been talking to Koopa because, uh, you know, it's just all these things about, like, designing your dungeons around things that will help the player is crazy. Uh, you know, who's hiding hearts in the candles? <laughs> <laughs> also, maybe, maybe can, we, the... can we take a side note here about how the, can- how the hearts aren't hearts like the yeah, hearts oh, are yeah, it's kind of power hearts, up yeah. currency has it's courage. i think we've been colored by future releases <laughs> yeah. because i don't remember playing a game uh before this where hearts were health well, um that's true yeah you know that's is a, legend of zelda the first one i know i won't spoil it for everyone but i know there's a game coming up where hearts are also not health interesting okay maybe next week yeah i think you're i think you're right there sean where it's like we so, haven't had an instant yet yeah. where hearts are health. <laughs> huh. Is your mind blown? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I guess, like, you know, this is the thing, though. You have to take yourself back to that time because it's impossible for us to know that. But now that we think about it, yeah, it's true. I do want to go back one more time and say, uh, so we just sort of glossed over the fact that um, the fact that you that you hit a torch and, and, a hel- and hearts come out is uh, is goofy. But if this was a worse game, if this was a bad game, we would have been going off on that for like a minute and a half. Right, right, about right. How like why does that even make sense? Like this doesn't make any sense. Like yeah, yeah instead, instead we're I don't like, even... oh, Castlevania. <laughs> like you, I just yeah, exactly. I barely even cared about the yeah. food being fully cooked in the walls. Yeah. I'm like, all right, great. I, like that. I need this health. That was obviously a stone oven. So like you know, the health is so limited throughout each stage that it's like. When I see a full-cooked dinner, you better believe I'm going to eat it. Like, I'm low on health as it is, and this is my only chance to get it back. Exactly. So, probably by now, you've at least gotten one of those Roman numeral things, uh, the Roman numeral two, or if you're lucky, three at this point. Anybody want to explain what that does? That allows you to have two instances of your special ability on the screen at once. But or three. N- but not if you collect another sub-weapon. Yeah, right. don't do a, that. Yeah. It's kind of crazy, oh, though. It's like, well, you know, if I need this sub-weapon, now I lose all my Roman numeral power? Like, <laughs> I mean, accidentally collecting a different sub-weapon is pretty infuriating, and it happens. But also possible to avoid, unlike uh, Ghost and Goblins, yes. where it's like, yeah. oh, now Sometimes that this thing is here, <laughs> I'm forced to collect it. I like that you can jump over the or dagger should you choose to not want it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can also wait for it to, to just leave existence despawn yeah i've had a couple times where i was deciding do i want that and then it was gone you you waited too long <laughs> i waited but too long i mostly just went for everything i saw i was like okay if they put this here yeah, i'll try you, it you're not gonna yeah. question what a bag of money falls out of the can <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're gonna take i mean, that I mean weapons yeah. where i'm like i have a good weapon do i want to switch to a different weapon and especially when we're using you know Dollars like U.S. dollars in Transylvania <laughs> yeah. in 1691. You believe the exchange rate. Yeah, uh, Joe. To go back to your point, I I felt like I wanted to do that, but I just would get like sub weapon greedy and be like, "Ooh, new sub weapon!" and just grab it. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. You're like trained to do that. Yeah, just like oh, no, new power up. Like you know, in some ways, Super Mario Brothers protects you because it's like. You don't get the fire flower, and then accidentally a mushroom appears, right. and now you just go back to regular Super Mario. <laughs> it's like, you'll, no, you'll just always get fire flowers going forward. But there's no optimal sub-weapon, I guess. I mean, we're really not talking about the dagger, so I'm just going to take a solid guess that everybody thinks that's not so great. It's like, it's okay. It's it's cool to be able to, to, to shoot things from a distance, but that is obviously just like, oh, here's what sub-weapons are like, and then use something else from there. It, it helped mm-hmm. me at one point. Are we on, we're on level three right now? We're talking about level three? We're about to talk okay. about level three, yes. The castle ruins, which yeah. is weird because I thought the, the whole castle looks ruined to me. 
Oh, Dracula's well, not gonna like that. More ruined. It's got it's got moss. Yeah, there's moss yeah, on true. it. And uh funny enough too, this is also where you start to see like staircases that lead to nothing. Like you can't even access them. They're yeah. just like broken staircases. <laughs> yeah, like, I tried to, this. I tried to jump to those and I just kept yeah. falling. Oh, can I we didn't talk realize about that those were broken? I thought I just couldn't get to them. I thought I couldn't time it right or something. <laughs> and I I would say that um the the staircases are like a a weird feature in this game of of navigation because you have to decide to walk on them and if you don't decide to walk on them you will fall to your death in some instances yeah um, and and at first they're they're nice enough with the staircases and how they work like teaching you like yeah. there's no there's no major penalty i do think it's funny how like later in the game you will climb up a staircase and then that you know, like that pit is now, now it's just a bottomless pit all of a sudden. <laughs> and so you'll climb up the staircase, walk to your left, and boom, you fall yeah. back into the pit and you're dead. That's the end of your life. It is just weird that you have to press up while walking mm. to, to use them. I know that it it's either that or um uh having less freedom in movement. Right. Um, but it it is another one of those weird And it's it, design, the detection is weird designs, too, because yeah. I felt like I was kinda like Okay, I am now approaching the stairs. Like I would get close, you know, like you'd get yeah. close to them and be like, the up button should work now as a stair thing because I'm in a certain proximity to the stairs. So I imagine like Simon being like, and now I'll walk up the stairs. <laughs> it's and also very it. important though to know because you are locked out of pretty much any input except for continuing to walk up the stairs until you reach the next right. platform. Wait, you're not able to use the whip? Okay, you can use the whip, but you can't jump off. Right, you can't jump off. Yeah, you are locked to there, so it's like if a Medusa head comes flying by, that's it. Say, yeah. good, say goodbye. <laughs> uh, and I just meant, like, it's nice that you can at least use the whip because yes. there are some candles that are only accessible through there. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, like, the, you know, it's good that they didn't restrict everything, but, yeah, you, I don't think... Oh, you can use your sub weapon too. I'm pretty sure. Sure, but you, you like they're very sticky stairs. Yes, I very. Guess, I should have only said that you can't jump. Yeah, but you, you have move to put one up, foot in front of the other. You move up the stairs pretty slow. <laughs> you guys tired? He's got like fifty axes on. Him. <laughs> Honestly, though, who isn't like tired walking upstairs? Like, who feels great after walking up stairs? You know, I'm glad you brought this up, Mike, because I walked up the subway stairs. And I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, good. Continue. It was just. It was. I was sore. It, it's always sore. Look, I, I run a lot. You guys know that. And I still feel like, I'm like, when are my legs going to feel good about going up the stairs? Like, so I'm, I'm, I feel for Simon, okay? If he, can, if he can defeat Dracula and do this whole thing and also climb up those stairs, he's a champ. Hmm. All right, so stage three is the Castle Ruins where we meet the Hunchbacks. I hate uh, these not guys. of Notre Dame, the hunchbacks of uh, what were you calling them earlier? Frogs? Fleas? Uh, uh, fleas. I, I consider them frogs. <laughs> there was like, yeah, this the, uh, this speedrunner was calling them like flea men or something. But okay, but yeah, yeah they, we're gonna call like, them the hunchbacks. Hunchback monkey dudes. They, yeah, they're like the, yeah, they're like these little monkey dudes, and they're super annoying. And the reason being is. I feel like they can read my inputs. Yeah. Like, I'm going to jump, so they're just going to jump right at me. Or I'm going to just walk to the left, and they're just going to continue to skid along. They they also, this is the first appearance of ravens and the Medusa heads, but um, ravens are also, they just seem to stay just outside of your attack radius i feel mm, yeah. until and they then, just dropped in front of you I yeah don't know. i mostly just dodge those guys if yeah. i'm being honest but it's another dangerous situation where you're going up platforms and these ravens are coming at you and it's like if they hit you there's you're a back. good chance you're gonna get knocked back not onto the previous platform but into the hole yeah it's almost like they designed the game to be like where is the part where the holes would hit the knockback yeah. yeah. you know 
maybe you should think about that player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, One thing I thought was also really cool was the uh, they had put the little uh the hunchback dudes on high platforms like overlooking you. So you see them up there and you have to kind of it's like a little it's like a split second puzzle. Like if you have the axe, you throw the axe because right. it's going to hit them. But if not, you know they're going to jump down. And they're not moving yet. Yeah. You have, a, you have a chance to think about it. Hey, yeah, you have a couple Kinda seconds. Like the dogs. Remember the dogs from the main hall in stage one? Where, yeah, there's like those. Oh, shit, I forgot about the dogs. Yeah, the dogs are on the top of the staircase, yeah, and yeah. it's like, you really don't know. Like, the, literally, everybody gets hit by this the first time they play this game because you're not expecting a dog <laughs> to just charge at you. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like the, you know, the dogs were just training wheels for these hunchbacks now because <laughs> yeah. the, the hunchbacks yeah. are crazier than the dogs. I, I don't know if, if, if anyone else, it seems like no one no one agrees, but I think that the hunchbacks are head and shoulders worse than the Medusa heads. I think oh, yeah. For oh, me yeah. Were the worst they were the worst part of the whole thing. I mean, thing. Not, not as in, be- like, they were just the most annoying. Of the whole game, with. I'd say. I would yeah. say that, I, yeah, the hunchbacks annoyed me, but there was a finite supply of them. If you... Sure. If you stay, if you take too long in a level, there will just be an infinite amount of Medusa right. heads that come. And also, you. hunchbacks are very like they're very kindly like satisfied with just hitting you once. Yes. Once they hit you, they turn they around die. and leave. Yeah. They don't even die. They're like, all right, he, he's had enough. <laughs> well, I think that's why I am not like so frustrated by them. But also, there's a variant of the hunchbacks where like those pink birds. Does oh anybody, yeah. Does anybody know or, what those are? I mean, it looks the like condor, eagles, it's the condor so. from. Uh, oh, from Popeye. <laughs> no, 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 no. Remember that? <laughs> from, no, the condor from, from, ice, from climber. ice climber. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What was the thing in Popeye? Also a condor, right? Was it a condor? Yeah, who cares? I like that. Yeah. As, as Popeye go, was a bad just, game. We have a uh, we have a pool of references that just keeps growing. Hey, yeah, yeah. it only continue to grow. But anyway, these pink, these giant pink birds, they're holding on to the hunchback. Somehow they have an unlimited resource of just yeah. like the hunchbacks and the and the pink birds are friends, and so the hunchbacks are going to get dropped off by them. But to me, that was the easiest form of yeah, the hunchbacks. because you could just jump up and hit them, and sometimes you can get them both in one shot. Exactly, and and the pink birds weren't exactly like they didn't act like the Medusa heads. At all but, but they just kind of fly by and they're like hey see you later mm-hmm. but then they start coming from both directions and that's when i got messed up but okay so i tried to talk to sam about this before and i tried to talk him off the ledge on how he feels <laughs> about these hunchbacks because yeah. i got past this part that i that we're talking about right now right, right right it's the thing is is like with the hunchbacks as long as you can tell when they're going to drop or ha- or you know like where they're going to be they are not a tough enemy, and they only take one hit, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Okay? So it's not like you really are going to be like, I've never taken like seven, you know, seven rings of damage. Rings, I don't I don't know what else to call it, but bits. seven bits of damage, <laughs> uh, you know, through like a hunchback. It's only really ever been like... But doesn't one hunchback give you four damage? Yeah, one gives your, you like, a lot. 12? Like, it's how many four? did you have all together? Yeah, yeah, it gives wow. you a lot of damage. Huh. Yeah, that's why they bother me. Because I wasn't paying attention and, to that, but. And it was tough for me because I was trying to do exactly what you're saying, like predict where it's going to be in the air. And my, my best strategy was hit it on the first jump in the air when it's halfway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, yeah. But it was exactly. really hard for me to time that. Yeah. Uh, so that, found, that was why they were giving me a hard time. Yeah, I found a lot of times they'll do like a one two jump. You know, where yeah. like if they land from somewhere at you, then they'll do one, two, and then jump, and then I jump and hit them yeah. at the same time. And if, and if you duck under them and they land behind you, it then, was very difficult for me to yeah, turn around. Yeah, because they're in like they're, before. Fa- they're faster yeah, than you, yeah. and you have to turn around and wind your whip up again. Right. And so when there's the guys coming from both sides, it was just like that part messed me up for a while. All right, so then we get to the boss, uh, or bosses. Well, hold this, on. Oh, we did not get to a boss yet. We have to go through a door that is guarded. 
Oh, by, by a snake. By a spooky, oh, yeah, okay. spooky snake Yellow dragon. Snake. Which, I mean, in the, 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 no, the no, first... No, I think, yeah, you're, no, I think you're thinking you're on the, the catacombs. Oh, yeah, that's what yeah. I was going to say. You're talking about the skeleton dragons, right? The skeleton dragons. Is that what they're called? I thought yeah. there was one it's in so the... Cool. Uh, that's pretty badass. I thought there was one right before you entered the catacombs. But, okay. Mm. I'm no, pretty sure I that think... was the first that I saw that was on Yeah, the and there's one. more yeah. inside. Because right before the boss is here is the Medusa heads. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Medusa heads and I, those I'm shield guys. It all right? Yeah, yeah. Medusa heads now. and the shield guys. So then you fight the, the mummies, uh, and I found them incredibly easy, and here's Me why. Too. Okay? You take the boomerang, you get the three, the Roman numeral three, the mummies come at you from each side. So there's one mummy on each side. Get over onto the platform, get in front of one of the mummies, so now both mummies are walking towards each other, throw that boomerang, mm. all three of them at once, and it will do enough damage to completely wipe them out. Wow. That's OP. A, that's a it's, very good strategy. It's crazy. And no, that's not my original strategy. <laughs> that's that's given. That's a given strategy. Gotcha. So what'd you do, Joe? So uh, this is the one time where the daggers really came in handy for me, because I just happened to have the daggers, so I was standing kind of trying to keep like somewhat in between them and I could just alternate my throws between them and kind of keep them at bay as much as I could. And I don't know, they they seemed easier than the Medusa head. It was an easier boss, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was able to do it without using any special attack. I just had to keep jumping around. You can right. actually, I, I'm pretty certain too, as long as you like are prepared for them to, like when they start moving, if you're in the right spot, you could probably take care of the mummies and take like maybe like one or two hits of damage if you have the health for it, yeah. and just completely take them out that way too. Because you're going to get all your health back at the end of the stage anyway. So right. it's kind of lackluster after the cool Medusa fight. That's just like, yeah, here's two guys wrapped in toilet paper. <laughs> but don't worry, we'll have some hard bosses. Oh yeah, yeah, there will be hard bosses because now uh, we get a cool cutscene where you fall into the catacombs. I thought that was really cool. That there's a cutscene yeah. randomly all of a sudden. Uh, oh, but there was a cutscene at the very beginning that we didn't talk about. That was so cool with the. And you look up at Castlevania. Yeah, and even I think in in the stage we just got through with the mummies, that's when you see for the first time the you know where in the background in the background where Dracula's like main thing is like you see the the little house with the arm on it, the house with the arm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, guess that makes sense. Yeah, it's just there in the background. The castle is very weirdly structured, but but someone thought about it. One quick thing, we have sort of glossed over the fact that this also has like recently we've been seeing games with mini maps that sort of highlight where you are. Yes, but I really like the detail of this one. It shows you. Um, like all of the uh, sub sub level parts sub of the stage and how they get to each other. Um, I I just like that as a nice touch. I like it. Uh, it still wasn't as nice as Ghost and Goblins though. That Ghost no, and Goblins one's Ghost really nicely Goblins designed. Wasn't as I think uh, reflective of the actual stage. Right. Layouts. It was just like a. It was just like a path, a straight yeah. path of like this is generally where you are, and that's generally where you are. Right. Yeah. But no, I did. I did appreciate it. I'm all for these little mini map things. I think they're so cool. Uh, okay, so we're in the catacombs now. Uh, oh no, the fishmen are back. Oh, are they so they are. Yeah. I see. That. Honestly, I thought the fishmen. Their first like appearance was in this level. I mm. just thought it was dumb. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was. Just, I was thinking the same. There's no way you we guys gotta, could have missed them in the in the first level. I okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So they show up, and then. Um, 
trying to think about is there anything else that happens in this other than like there's more the, of the same? There's the platforms so the you gotta duck moving under. Platforms. The oh, stalactites. The platforms. Yeah. Oh, and the spikes with the with the cavern where you have to yeah, duck. The, the oh, yeah, that's the right. And that's another thing. That's just one instance of yeah. Of something and it just it just gets you the first time. Yeah. There's no, no way you could be prepared for that, yeah. especially yeah. because I've seen. Um, the fishmen like walking on that stuff. Yeah. So it's like if they're glitching onto this, why why can't I presume that I can just walk past it? But no, you have to duck. It's a little weird. It's a little tight. And then also, if you ever like are not in the ducking uh thing, it'll just kind of like plop you out and you'll fall to the thing oh. to the to the water. I guess like because you can't swim. Yeah, you can't. No swim. one can swim in old video games. Just a known fact. You're weighed Mario. down with all that all those axes. Yeah, that's true. And uh. So then, then we get to Sean Skella Dragons. So, are you excited now? I mean, I was, I was never excited. I just wanted to talk about them. I like them. I'm yeah, gonna be I honest. Think cool. I think they're really cool, and they don't bother me because if you get close enough to them, uh, especially on the way that they design some of the platforms, uh, the way that they design them, it's like you can hit the the fire that they're breathing anyway. Yeah, yeah. unless they go underneath you and do that diagonal up one. You know, oh, they, yeah, there's like yeah, a diagonal yeah, yeah. up fire. Right, right. That's annoying. But for that one, you know that when it goes down, it's like, all right, I got to get ready to jump. So right. you can read them really well, I think. You can even kind of, yeah, you can kind of just like move left and right out of the way, too. Yeah. So I, um, at first I was trying to just avoid or like go around. Like when, when it would go down, I would try and just jump over it because it can't turn around. So it can't hit you. Um, until I realized that if you kill it, it drops a lot of power-ups. Every section oh, yeah. of its body is a like, power-up. It'll, it'll always be the same one, well, Yeah, too. not power-up either. But like, it'll either be a bag of money or a heart. And, yeah, that's a good way to stock up before a boss, yeah. especially because there are two uh, prior to um, the Frankenstein boss. But the, the actual segment I thought we were talking about before was actually stage 11, where it's really just a gauntlet of those birds dropping the um, the hunchback. Oh, yeah, that's and what then, we're yeah, yeah, and then there's the... Uh, um, yeah. Okay, but w- at the end of that stage, I just found an invincibility uh, like flask and was able to just run under the first dragon. So I didn't actually fight them until huh. the second mm-hmm. or third iteration, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, because you do have to get past, um, I think it's two more skeleton dragons before you get to the boss. Yes. But I think the skeleton dragons, first off, what a cool name, what a cool idea. Why are they attached to the castle? <laughs> They're like the chain chops. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, were they just like dragons that used to be like pet dragons that were just chained throughout the house, and now they're dead? They grew yeah. into the walls. Yeah, and it's just their neck, kind of. Yeah. They don't really have a body. So, all right, whatever. And then you get into uh, Frankenstein and Igor. And my my immediate question is: Is Igor the monster? And and Frankenstein the little hunchback because remember it's not remember it's Frankenstein's monster sure yeah right? but yeah. Yeah. this okay. is just yeah. them getting yeah. it wrong right I mean I think Nobody people cares. frequently <laughs> call Frankenstein's monster Frankenstein right, right, so right when I hear Frankenstein I, I, I don't think of the scientist you don't I think, think of, of Doctor Frankenstein right <laughs> no I know I know I I just I question it only because it's like Frankenstein and Igor and I'm like who's Igor yeah like, well, Igor sucks. is traditionally Igor like a sucks. hunchback kind of character yeah. Yeah, Igor sucks. Because uh, he's basically the hunchbacks, but you can't kill him. And he has this beam thing, too. Like the, oh, the that red thing is awful. Thing yeah. yeah. That comes at you. So my, my tactic was just co- come at Frankenstein with everything you got and just tell Igor to stay in the corner. Like See, I would keep tricking him to go over there and then keep fighting Frankenstein. How'd you trick him? You walk like, over there and he'll 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 hop where yeah. you go. If you can find a, an arc pattern, if you have the axes. 
um, in which both Igor and Fra- Frankenstein, Frankenstein, <laughs> you almost said Frankenstein. I almost I was said like, Frankenstein or something. Yeah. Frankenstein. Yeah, uh, where both um, Igor and Frankenstein will be in the same arc pattern. Uh, Igor will just stop moving. Like he freezes if he gets hit by something. So you can just keep continue to throw in that arc. And you can take him out pretty quickly. That would I think. be a good strategy because yeah. I almost called it on this one. Yeah, I this did one really actually... get past this one, but I, this was almost it for me. I, I found I found this one to be okay. I'm a little surprised yeah. that you guys are saying that you might have called on this one, but I did not have a strategy like Sean. That's a great strategy, first off, oh, but you. really hard to execute. It does it does sound like it requires a lot of uh, work some to trial get them and in error. there. Yeah. Also, I, I want to mention too when I when I beat him, I eventually had the the long whip, but this is the one that I was talking about where I ended up with the short whip and and i was oh, like no. and i didn't even realize like and i was like why can't i like i can't even hit this guy yeah. <laughs> uh and then eventually i got the long whip and it still gave me a very hard time but eventually i beat him with the long whip yeah and they t- frankenstein takes a little a couple more hits than the previous bosses uh he's definitely now like we're starting to see an an up in the difficulty right. and it's only going to get a lot harder from here because now we're going to stage 5 the dungeon the dungeon the dungeon which is more which is past the what was stage two? We just went the oh, torture. St- stage zone? two was the torture lab. All right. So yeah. what's the difference? <laughs> well, I'm trying to figure that out too, but I think it's just mostly appearances, Sean. At this point, um, you know, because we just got out of the catacombs. Sure. So now it's just like we're in the base, like maybe the torture lab, because that was like on the way up. Yeah, you're right. You know, before you got to the ruined part of the castle. There's different departments. Yeah, and now it's like okay, the dungeon is, and the dungeon has the now the dungeon has an interesting thing where the skeletons. Die, but then they come back to life. Yeah, uh, if you, the you red know, like, skeletons. Yeah, the red skeletons. And the interesting thing about this is this reminds me of um, those dry bones in Super Mario Brothers, but yeah. this is like long before that yeah. ever happened. So that's like Nintendo copying an idea. And have we yet encountered the statues? Sorry, you're talking about the statues with the heads the on heads. both ways. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. Have, they, those yeah. are early. Yeah, yeah. those those are I, earlier. I, I had a lot of trouble with those guys too. I just wanted to throw that. There out were There were some parts where it was those guys and the Medusa, and Medusa heads, heads, and that part just messed me up. That, that was one of your first like big tests of can you get some rhythm going or something. Like yeah, that. yeah, it definitely requires rhythm because the fireballs usually they spit out two of them. Sometimes they do three. Uh, oh, three? I never had a three. I, I think I've had, had a three before. Crazy. Unless um, I'm yeah, maybe it was high. a glitch and the game hates you, <laughs> but. But even if it's a two, it's tough because you, you know, because we're of the rigidness of the jump here, it's like you jump, you get over the first one, you have to immediately jump again, get mm-hmm. over the second one, just to maybe get the whip out two or three times and then do the jumps perfect again. It's it's a lot. You can also whip them, you. but you have to time that too. Yeah, that has to be, but that has to be perfectly timed. It's not mm-hmm. just like, you know, okay, I'm just going to whip them as they come by. It's like, you got to land that thing perfect. And I'll you got to be kind of close to the statues themselves yeah. for that to work. Great. Great. That's it, guys. No. <laughs> That's it. So they were the final boss, and uh, if you manage to make it through the dungeon, uh, there's a couple of other things. Every Everybody's back, pretty much. There's blood skeletons, which is what they call those red oh, skeleton guys. Skeletons. There's blood skeletons. There's the hunchbacks again. And now we've got the axe knights. Now here's the first part. Here's the first, like, regular enemy that I thought had an interesting AI or just, like, behavior encoded where it will approach and it'll it will like try and back you into a corner until you start to to go forward and then it will back back away and it is so infuriating that like he's just he's just out of reach just out of reach and um 
I still I think that even though it is infuriating, it is just a good design for an anime. It's an amazing design, and I was I was super like I was like, wow, how did they do that? Like yeah. he's backing away from me as I'm whipping his shield. Uh-huh. And I'm not even sure if that's doing any damage or not. Yeah. It is, but I'm not even sure if that's doing any damage because he takes nine hits with the whip, which is just a crazy amount. They all feel like they're duels. But the first time I did this, I actually like got him so far back and was doing the whip and got him to back up. That I actually glitched him out of the level, <laughs> and I for. thought he like cowered out of the fight. <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, these guys are not going to be that much of a challenge if I just keep moving them along." Yeah. So the axe knights, <laughs> yeah, the axe knights hit or miss really on uh, whether they're going to protect you from getting to Dracula's lair. Sometimes they'll put up a fight, other times they won't. But now, unfortunately, we have to get to the part where they really put up a fight. It's right before the boss in the dungeon level, and now you got Axe Knights and Medusas coming at you in a crazy way where if I had to draw it, you wouldn't believe it because there's so much stuff you have to be aware of and Lines, ready to dodge. sine waves. It's a, it's a really messed a up A cosine pattern. wave would, yeah, would describe yeah. like where you got to do all this stuff. I, I don't know how I made I almost quit at this part. This is, I think this is harder than the entire game right. before it, some parts of the game after it. Not to mention that... Because of what you're coming up on, you really want to keep as much health as you possibly oh, yeah. can during this part, and that's very difficult. Yeah, because even if you die on the boss fight or on this part, you have to go you through still have this to go again. again. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's a little it's a little crazy what they're asking of you, especially because you know we had a little bit of this so far, but this is almost like it's not even a test anymore. It's just like a you know how much can you endure? You know, like are you a masochist? Right, can you right. do this? Because what's crazy about it is it's like the guy is throwing, you know, the axe knight's throwing the axes. So you have to dodge those. But if you're dodging those, you'll probably get hit by a Medusa head. But if you're dodging the Medusa heads, you'll probably get hit by the axe. But if you don't get hit by the axe, you'll probably walk into the axe knight. (laughs) And if you don't walk into the axe knight, then maybe you'll get a chance to use your whip. And if you get a chance to use your whip, it might take enough time that a Medusa head (laughs) would hit you. There's so much going on. It is insane. The only way I got through this, I only got through this with, like, I was just on the edge of having enough health for the grim, the the upcoming boss. Okay. Um, The grim upcoming boss. Yeah, Yeah, that we will not reveal here. I just had to spam the the boomerang. I just, like, I had the triple, so I just spammed the boomerang, and I just brute forced my way past these guys. Yeah, I was going to say, the boomerang is is the option here. Uh, It sounds like, Sam, you might suggest the holy water here. Because that seems to be an effective way of st- of like getting people to continue to take damage over their tracks. Yeah, yeah, especially I, I don't know if here it's really the strategy I saw online, but for guys chasing you, so like speed through Walt, so you can deal with people behind you, sort of. Which I feel like was the like a really big problem in this when there's mm-hmm. someone behind you and someone in front of you. Right. How do you deal with that? Yeah, yeah, but I'm going to hang on to the boomerangs because I'm definitely going to need them for the boss, which is, uh, you know, if you don't like spoilers, I don't know why we're treating it like one, but you might want to turn off the podcast now. But if you're okay with spoilers from a game from 1987. We're about to talk about it. Yep. We're talking about the Grim Reaper. That's right. Somehow death is like ordered by Dracula. The jerk who killed Luigi. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In the latest uh, Super Smash trailer that we saw, at least at this time of recording. Yeah. uh, The the Grim Reaper killed Luigi and now you have to avenge his death. 
in this level. <laughs> That's clearly the only reason why Simon was interested anyway. He's like, yeah, the guy killed the green guy. 1691. He killed Green Mario. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is such an old reference at this point, I guys. know, I know, but whatever. It happened. Sam made it, to be fair. Uh, he did. You have to own up to things sometimes. You made the reference. All right, so let's talk about the Grim Reaper. The Grim Reaper just shows up. And he's got his scythes. It's just a really big surprise. Scythes. Yeah. It's a really big surprise in general that he's a boss. You know what's funny? I didn't think about the fact that he should be more powerful than, than the final this boss. This is the concept of death, people. <laughs> this is death and itself. he is penultimate to Dr- Dracula himself. Like, why? I think maybe death not being, like, if I'm trying to explain this... Maybe death is just seeing an opportunity here that, like, wow, Simon looks really powerful, <laughs> and so he, he looks like he's probably, by. yeah, he's <laughs> probably gonna, uh, he's probably gonna take care of Dracula if I don't intervene here. So Dracula's gonna kill a lot of people. I need a lot of people to die. I need a lot of business. Yeah, yeah I need a lot All of right. business. So I'm in the business okay. of killing Simon. That's uh, canon yeah, to me. Huh. That's my right, own that head canon. Now he's just that. like That's trying perfect. to make less work for himself later. Yes, and yeah. so so the Grim Reaper appears with three floating scythes uh, that can grow in numbers too. Yeah, yeah, and I, that's just the first round. Um, and they, depending on if you can eliminate those, there may be more added, and then they'll just move around towards you. That's always towards you, pretty much. Um, and you have to figure out a way to dodge those and also hit the Grim Reaper, who's got a boatload of health. Yeah. And eventually, yeah, just more of those scythes will just respawn. But I, I, this could just be my imagination. But I feel like when you, as soon as you destroy the last scythe, it's like, oh, you just you got all the scythes on the screen. Here's five more. Yep. Like it just automatically yeah. throws them in it's, there. It's insane what they're throwing at you here. And it really, it's not even like if the boss fight was on its own, I could handle it probably. It's that whole Medusa yeah. axe knight thing beforehand that I'm just like, unfortunately. This is where I tap out of the North American release of the game. We'll get to this later, but I will continue playing. Uh, but I, I couldn't get further in this part of the North American release just because it was just so difficult, and the sights kept coming at me. And even with the uh, boomerang, I was doing, like, some damage. But the Grim Reaper moves around a lot, too, so you can't rely yeah. on, like, three to four hits every time you use that stuff yeah. because he's going to be moving. Um, there's just too I, many things that can hit you. Sure. Like, uh, I got lucked into a situation where I had uh, the boomerang and then the three times um, multiplier, and I had about half half my health left. So I just just spammed spammed the boomerangs. Like he, as soon as he appears, you can hit him, and it takes a couple seconds for him to start throwing his scythes out. So you can just lay lay into the damage there. But it was just totally. I know that is like the strat now because I looked it up later. But I just sort of lucked into it, and that's why it didn't give me as much of a problem. Yeah, gotcha. when I was watching the uh, the speedrunner do it, it did, he killed him like instantly, and I was I was shocked. <laughs> but I found out that there are critical hits in this game, and I'm not sure if it's there a programming glitch hits? or something. Yeah, there are critical hits where if an if a boss hits you uh, at the same time that you hit the boss, it's a critical hit on the boss. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Mm. I did not know. I don't know if that's a glitch or if that's intentional. But it does a massive amount of damage, I'm assuming. Yeah. That's I'm not sure what the damage is, but that's what people were saying online. Interesting. But that's like the strategy for taking out bosses really quickly. Because this boss is also where I tapped out of any release. Yeah. (laughs) And anything else I know about the game after this is because I watched a video. But um there was there was a point I, I, I fought him a lot and there was a point where I got 
through that whole gauntlet from beforehand with like more than half my health, which was huge for me. Yeah, yeah. And doing all right. Like I felt like it was like it was my best run on Dracula too. And I was like, oh, I'm doing great. I'm Dracula on uh, the Grim Reaper. Grim and Reaper. I was like, I'm doing great. And then he beat me, and, I, and he still had, like, more than half of his health. And I was like, that was, like, the, the yeah. best I've done so far. <laughs> that was my was best like, shot. <laughs> I'm done. He's, like, I'm he's out. like, what else you got, kid? <laughs> so if you managed to defeat the Grim Reaper, did you actually defeat the Grim Reaper? Did you stop death for the end of time now? Obviously not. I know, because he continues to show up in the later games. Well, but also because also you, you can die. to die. Yeah. <laughs> It would be an interesting mechanic of now you just can't die after you've beaten yeah. Grim Reaper. Yeah, that would actually, yeah, that would be game breaking. You also can't defeat Dracula. The game is now easy. Yeah, that's actually funny. You soft lock the game by be- you actually have to convince the Grim Reaper that fighting is wrong. <laughs> that's the only way to continue the game. But so after the Grim Reaper, we have stage six and the final stage, Castle Keep. I forgot one thing that I noticed now when I went back and watched. Enlighten us. I, when I went back and watched the video. I watched, I watched, well, it was Game Grumps. I watched them beat uh, the, the Grim, Grim Reaper. Reaper, and they used the holy water, and it was like, it just freezes them in his tracks. It was like almost broken. Yeah. And they, and they, you know, they were just like learning this at the time too, so it wasn't even like they read a strategy guide. They were just holy water, holy water, holy water, holy water, and it, it was like gave them no trouble at all. So they, he <laughs> so, didn't even have a chance to, to spawn more. I of... can't remember. There might have been scythes around, but they were just able to. Dodge them. Yeah, just not even dodge them. Just stand there. Maybe take a take a hit or two. Oh, but okay. just stand there and throw the holy water. Interesting. Yeah. Uh holy water, that's a strategy for the holy water, by the way, of slowing down bosses. And we're gonna talk about that in a minute, obviously. But I, I think that that is, you know, that's a mechanic of the game. I don't think it's a mistake. I don't think it's a glitch. I think they wanted the holy because yeah. you still have to hit him with the whip, correct? No, I think the, and the holy water was oh, just the holy doing, damage, doing the believe. damage. Yeah. No. no, I think you're right because it does it for our you know our final boss. Yeah. But um, but I'm kind of shocked because I got to go and try that. I guess I I never had yeah. the holy Unless water were, going into that. Again, I wasn't playing this. Maybe they were using the whip and I just wasn't seeing it. Yeah, but yeah. I thought they were just. I was it. using the boomerang the whole time, but I guess I got to try my new methods. So now we're on Castle Keep, and it's crazy because now the first boss of the game yeah. is just a regular enemy. I know, and like you're crossing this broken bridge into the actual uh, Castle Keep, I guess, and I'm thinking, oh no, is this just going to be a boss rush? Am I going to have to do this all over again? And thankfully, it's really just that first It's part, a legitimate though. concern, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, you see the Phantom Bat, and you're like, well, here we go. <laughs> and then there's like, you know, you're in knockback hell, where yeah. like these bats are just coming at you. I found the best strategy to be is just run, run past them all. Yeah, just dodge them before they yeah. can even do the charges and stuff. Because then you kind of get into, what is it, like a clock tower? Something like that. Yeah, oh, like, yeah. It's, it's really like gear-focused. Like, yeah, yeah. Gears and stuff. Very weird. But you're going through that, and it's not really, like, it's not really well 
designed (laughs) the clock tower for sure because there's like weird staircases that lead to nowhere and now the hunchbacks are coming at you from wherever they can it's literally just like how many enemies can we spam at the at the you know simon to make sure that he doesn't get to the end i was kind of peeved i mean i was able to get through it but it was annoying so you're you do there's thankfully there's not like much more to go through other than just like you know how much can you dodge how much health can you keep like there's no there's no crazy Medusa head sequence again or anything mm-hmm. like that. So that's nice. But now we get to our final fight with Dracula and I think it's really cool how they build it up of like you're basically like going into his bedroom <laughs> which is like a, a, coffin. a coffin in the middle and there's a bunch of candles there to give you some extra stuff including well-placed holy water and then before you know it, you know, and there's even a music change oh, yeah. which I thought was cool. Because it's Usually like lines unsettling. Up with, with some things, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Dracula appears before you, and he's like, um, he he's able to like teleport, but conveniently wherever you're standing. <laughs> yeah, it, it takes a couple, uh, the first couple teleports I think are scripted to specific spaces, um, because I tried so many times to play this, to fight this boss, that I sort of got like a rhythm to it. Um, never did I beat even this first like form. Um, but yeah, after I think like the second or third teleport, it will always be just either on you or right next to you. And the interesting thing is that you can only hurt Dracula in the face. (laughs) You have to whip him in the face. He's like, he's immune in the body. So that's kind of, it's like just a weird thing that you have to do, but he's also spitting out like three fireballs out of his cape. Where whatever comes out of it, it's like a, it's almost like a magic trick. Yeah. You know, he like yeah, opens he like his opens, cape. Yeah. Three mad, three fireballs come out. Uh, here's my little, here's my little tip though. I was and I was trying to explain this to Sean, and it's not foolproof. You're gonna you're gonna take damage, but you want to jump, bef- when you see him appear, so that when he opens up his cape, the fireballs shoot upwards, aka away from you, and then once they've passed you, jump again and hit him in the face. And maybe you'll do one brick of damage. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. you have to do this a lot. You're bound to take some damage. It's tough. One, one thing that seemed nice, though, was that this is the only boss that if you die, you just get to start right outside of the boss again. Yes. You don't that, have to go through some. No, crazy it's true. Guy. And it's kind of weird that they chose to do that. Where like as if the Grim Reaper, it's almost like you have to f- yeah. fight another boss <laughs> sequence. I, I think, I think maybe even they knew that this was like. So much harder that, like, let's just let people just play it over and over again and see if anyone beats it. <laughs> well, here's the reason, though, I think that they might have done something like that is because after you take care of, you know, Dracula, we're not done yet. Dracula transforms into what I would describe as like a man bat. Like a gargoyle too. Yeah, like a gargoyle is a good way of describing yeah. it. And now it's like his health goes all the way back up. You don't get any extra health. And you're like, I got to fight this giant. Like, this is <laughs> massive on the screen. Like, I can't believe it. The sprite work is awesome for this one, given everything that they've already done. And now we have space for this guy. Mm-hmm. It's insane. But, like, now that now you can understand why they send you right back to the boss fight. Because yeah. it's like, well, good luck fighting the whole Dracula fight again if you don't survive this gargoyle man bat fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am... Um... I, I wish I could have just gotten past the hump of of regular humanoid Dracula to to play this part because it seems really memorable. But I had to just watch videos of this 
Yeah. The reason I wasn't talking for so long is because I was dead long before all of this. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the the interesting thing here though is that Man Bad doesn't live up to the hype because uh that holy water that you were able to get through one of the candles in the last room is now like the most effective method to stopping him. So just make sure you've got hearts and remember it only takes one heart uh to use the holy water. So just have a bunch of hearts stocked up, throw that holy water, it'll do massive damage to him, it'll also freeze him in his place so you can whip him. He does have a weak spot where the face does the most damage, so I do think that's kind of cool, is like a, a boss with a weak spot, yeah. similar to how like the Axe Knight had that back of the head yeah. thing. And uh, you, you know, just take that, take that all the way to the bank. Don't try, don't try and get funny here unless you're really good at the game, <laughs> because you're n- most likely not going to make it through this fight if you don't spam the holy water. Which makes sense, right? Wouldn't you finish off Dracula with the holy water? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Like after a while, it's not like the physical damage; it's the it's the magic that's really doing the work. And so you destroy, you defeat Dr- Dracula, you destroy the castle, and then you find out it was all a movie. <laughs> Played by yeah. Oh, Played I by... have the cast pulled up. Yeah, oh, you have the cast. Yeah, Please tell I, us. Who is, my, I love who this. Is the cast? Dracula was Christopher B. <laughs> Christopher B. Yeah, uh, okay. no relation to Christopher Lee. Yep. Keep um, going. Death was Bello Lugosi. No relation Bello. to Bello Lugosi. Yes. Uh, Frankenstein was Boris Karloffis. <laughs> What's crazier though? Can we talk about this? This isn't even clever. It's just yeah, they just changed right. like one letter, you know. I think it was Angry Video Game Nerd who did something where he was like, "That's like if I change Steven Spielberg to Steven Bielberg," <laughs> you know. Like it's that was exactly it's what it's not said. funny. <laughs> it's just like we don't want to be in trouble, but we yeah. also want to pay homage to yeah. all of these original people who played all these parts. It was cute. Yeah, I thought it was really cute. I, I like the idea that it's a movie because it helps the idea that it's all just a universal tour, too. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but also something, again, I didn't play this part, but the Let's Players called this out. You were still in the castle when As it collapsed. You, <laughs> you just see like a, sh- like a Sorry, shot that happens, far away. That happens so. later. Like that, Simon's still in there. That just happens later, though. There's just You don't see the time. The time skip. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. That happens at night. Yeah, it's and then the, the, with it's, the illusion of film. You left, <laughs> and now it's morning. <laughs> Because it's a film, you know, so, it's just a cut. In the right, your actions yeah. even caused really that die. to happen? Did your actions even cause? Uh, it, it might have been the townsfolk, you know? Yeah. Maybe well, it was just it going to collapse been, that day anyway. Yeah, like, you didn't even have to go in fault, there. Some fault activity in Transylvania that day. So uh, it was all moot. So I imagine Simon's just kicking himself. He's like, I could have just waited another day yeah. and the <laughs> castle would have just collapsed. Do we want to read the rest of them or, or no? No, I think we're okay. good. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to add, add one more. Your, sure. your character, the hero, his the actor's name is Simon Belmondo. Yeah, Belmondo, <laughs> uh, which is actually what he goes by in the Japanese games, uh, not huh. Belmond, Belmondo, which I think is really strange uh, choice. I don't know if that, you know. He sounds bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sounds <laughs> Belmondo. Uh, so there's there's that whole, there, it's a movie thing, which I don't mind at all. <laughs> what bothers me is that then you get dropped right back into stage one, but it is a harder version of the game. And so it's like one thing, I'm, fi- I'm fine with it all being a movie, but then like you get dropped right back into stage one again, and you would just think like, oh, that's okay, I just got to play the whole game again. But you don't realize it's a harder version of the game, and oh, there's a really? hard mode inside the hard difficulty already. Which is strange, because who... Okay, I know this game doesn't have a save function, at least in the NES version, but who has time in the day 
to play this game twice without yeah. being able to shut it off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you must keep it you on. Leave it on overnight. And you know your dad's going to be like, turn that thing off. Yeah. <laughs> we got bills to pay. But it, it, it's interesting because it is just a little more than just being harder. It's also like different items change and stuff like that, too. There's different... Um, different secrets for the, the food, right? Different secrets for the food and stuff like that. And something that we haven't talked about yet, but I think is worth talking about now, is that... You get rewarded for doing the weirdest things in this game, okay? Walking certain ways gets you prizes. Standing in certain places gets you prizes. Hitting certain walls gives you prizes. There are prizes that you guys didn't even know about. There are treasure chests. There are crowns. There's a treasure treasure chest? There's a treasure chest. There are Mm. crowns. There's There's a, just to give you an easy example of this, you know in the very first level when you're back outside of the castle, as you walk towards the entrance, you are forced in to walk through the entrance. If you manage to jump over the part that would force the cutscene and stand over by the castle and just stand there, a bag of money will just drop. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can go jump back over the cutscene again and collect the bag of money. That's how these things work. But sometimes it's like you also have to be pushing up against the wall to like as if it was like pushing a hidden block or something to have something fall out. So that's where things like treasure chests, crowns show up. But I here wonder- comes the crazy part, okay? In uh in the second, you know, if you beat the whole game and do it the second time, even though they're in different locations, now some f- some really funny things start to show up like Moai Islands. The Moai heads. Are you serious? <laughs> From uh, Gradius, yes. Where? The Moai heads, they just drop when you when you stand in certain positions. Do they drop on you? No, 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 no. <laughs> they drop as a collectible. They're worth 4,000 points. That's an interesting, wow. like, I feel like there's some some theory, some shared universe theory <laughs> there. Those Moai <laughs> heads, man, they <laughs> yeah. won't, the, the Easter Island guys, they won't leave. That's What's a real Easter egg. Konami in this stuff? <laughs> I don't know. They love it. <laughs> but, yeah, I just think that's so cool that there's, like, a, you know, like, fun with pose and you know it's like stuff that you couldn't even get your friends to believe it's like yeah you just gotta destroy that one rock and then you can yeah. jump down to that platform that seemed like you couldn't go on that platform and if you just wait there a bag of money will yeah. drop well, that sounds like, like, wait, like he like strikes every... a pose like you said like a he pose? doesn't strike a pose oh, you, you okay. it's posing in the sense of like they want you to be in that specific spot yeah. i wonder you if have it's to like, be in that pose i wonder if any of this is like debug stuff where they need to test the items in certain places <laughs> and they're like all right well i'll just do this obscure thing and then it'll just happen but this is the only this is the only way to get treasure chests and crowns and the moai yeah, i think heads, that so debugs like, that yeah yeah it, it's well, not these but like the like the other ones you know, like the other weird things, not like for the hard right, players. But I like do think first... I, I think it's intentional. I think the whole game is filled with these kinds of secrets, similar to how like the game never tells you to smash the wall, but that then you one time you accidentally do it and find food. Now you're going to be smashing every wall. Yeah. If Smash you're a kid, you're going to be looking for everything, right? Yeah. So I think that's a really nice touch, and it's kind of cool to see uh, another game that we love so much getting getting put into this game in some way or another. Even though maybe we didn't like to deal with them in that game. <laughs> right. So now, now we have to talk about the music, guys. Okay, because uh, everybody's everybody should be in love with this music, but it is like revered in terms of video game music. It gets made over and over and over again, and uh, 
you know, you can see in Smash Brothers, they're using like 34 Castlevania tracks for the one stage that they got access to. But like, that's how much people like this music. I can't believe that they managed to find a way to mix like spooky and absolute jazz funk like, <laughs> jazz you know, like, funk? like like it's just it's so groovy it's so it's it's the music you could dance to almost like i love that track groovy. vampire all killer right. all right once uh i don't need, i don't know well once we get some milestone of of uh subscribers i want mike to uh release a video of him like doing a jazz dance. No, it's like a la, a la thriller, but to the yeah. music of Castlevania. Yeah, I want that to happen. <laughs> and that's the plot. It's like, I'm actually Count Dracula. And it's, <laughs> I, I like that. All right, I'll do that. But I, guys, come on, give me some talk about the music, please. Music's great. I think that it really helps establish like each section of the castle as its own place. And sometimes, am I right that you go back to music that also happens again, right? Uh, like you yeah. go back to like the same song sometimes, or well, is it always like, different? They do have like thematic motifs that, that yeah. come back. Yeah. yeah, but never like like each never stage does track. have its own have its own track, and I think right, but awesome. it comes back to like similar, like just like you're saying yeah. thematic, thematic motifs. So like when you're in an outside part and you come back to an inside part, and it kind of feels the same yes, as it yes, does right. before. Mm-hmm. I think that's cool because right. it really helps give it a really solid atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, for me, the music was what really like kicked in my nostalgia for it because this is a game that I played a lot, but I haven't played ever again since. Like like the last time I played it, I was probably like I don't know, ten years old. <laughs> like so, it's, so it's been a long time. Um, so the, but the music still kind of stuck with me. I'm like, oh yeah, like I remember this music. It, it's very memorable. I yeah. do have praise for the music, but I will say that that was all sort of canceled out with the amount of times I heard that death, uh, like jingle. Yeah, like, you want to just... give me that? Uh, I don't remember it off the top <laughs> Oh, of my you heard head. it so many times, though, <laughs> Yeah, John. but it was more, like, I, I think I'm blocking it out. Like, yeah. I can't hear it because it caused such trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we play it right now... No, I don't do that. I, I I don't do that because I save it for whether the... This is just a thing that everybody should know. In the essential games list, if the game... If it's a... If it doesn't get voted in, I use the game over sound effect to, oh, like, I signal. Know I do that in every episode. So we're not going to really hear it, cool. though. Oh, we might... Oh, bold oh, prediction, giving Sean. Your, uh, giving out your... Bold prediction. Oh, I thought we were off the mic there. Sorry, guys. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, we never go off the mic fellow listeners who <laughs> listen to every word, including this very long episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we got the music. Uh, it was by uh, Ken... Ken- I'm not going to try and say that. First la- first name. <laughs> Barely should try and attempt to say the last name, but I'm going to say it anyway. Yamashita. Uh, and that was the first soundtrack uh, that Yamashita composed. And I just think it's like, wow, way to knock it out of the park right off the bat. It's not bad. Uh, Rookie I- of the year. I love this music. I listen to this on the train. This is like Mock Rider music to me. This is better than Mock Rider. Music is better than Mock Rider. Better than Mock Rider music. Yes, better than Mock Rider music. Yeah, I love the Mock Rider song. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue that. I would say that the Mock Rider song, like, not that it could fit in with this, but I'd say it's like a like the same caliber. Okay. And uh, so Castlevania obviously isn't going away anytime soon. We have Castlevania Two, Simon's Quest, and Castlevania Three: Curse of Dracula, but it's also like still going today. 
Uh, I know that there's definitely pachinko machines being made right now for Castlevania. Go Konami. But they're also making like a mobile game, so who knows. But there are so many good Castlevania games that, uh, you know. So many great, memorable, unforgettable classics like the N64 releases. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> we don't talk about the N64 <laughs> Castlevania games. Uh, I I remember that was my very first issue of Nintendo Power was with Castlevania on the cover. And I was like, this is scary. <laughs> He's like, I don't know if I want this. Like, I, I, to, to be fair, I never played castlevania when i was young so probably because it looked scary i mean if we're being real i know this is kind of silly but this game could definitely scare children maybe you know not today (laughs) i'm talking about like you know how the things think about like the kinds of movies that were horror movies in the 30s that had people running and screaming out of the theater like the the movie about the train oh yeah but that's like that's (laughs) That's a a different kind of scary that's like the dumbest thing ever that's like like, (laughs) it's funny that's like late 1800s that's a great example though i think it was um i think it was actually 1902 was it lumiere Uh, brothers right yeah the great train robbery we're describing um a a shot in an early film the great train robbery the great train robbery where a very film illiterate society uh, and the people in this theater just thought that there was an actual train coming through the screen and because, because the way that the so camera early. does the shot yeah. is that the train is coming at the camera, and since they're just watching yeah. a screen, all of a sudden they're like, oh my god, that train's right. going to come right through the camera <laughs> and at us. Wasn't there something similar with a gun being pointed at the screen and yeah. ducked and screamed? Yeah, yeah. yeah. but this, mm-hmm. again, this is like when people just didn't know what film was at right. this time. So. But don't tell me that, like, you know, like, if you're playing Castlevania, right, as a kid... And you get up to Dracula, and then he transforms into that giant beast thing that there weren't a couple kids who just threw that controller <laughs> yeah. away. I did it with the shark I, I, and Banjo-Kazooie, so anything can happen. Uh, I would only that counter shark. that I, I feel like kids young enough to be scared of this never got to Dracula. <laughs> I think that's fair. That's a fair <laughs> Because point. I didn't get to Dracula, and I'm, and I'm in my late 20s. Right, right. That, that's fair. Uh, that's a good point. But Castlevania, besides its legacy in, in video games, also has a Netflix show. Did anybody does any does anybody watch that? I know you do. I watch it. Yes, that is <laughs> but true. I haven't. Anime's illegal. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> this is hand drawn. This is really good stuff. <laughs> no, I, I mean I haven't watched it, but it does look very pretty. Yeah, it takes place um in like fourteen. 81 or something like <laughs> oh, that. Okay. Or 1460 something. Wait, wouldn't it be 91? It would be, but the thing is, is it shows something, like it starts in that time period, and then I'm sure it gets to 1491 eventually. Oh, okay. So, you know? Okay. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's the whole thing of summoning Dracula again. And it's actually interesting because they managed to, like, humanize Dracula in certain ways. <laughs> but, course. like, you know, like... He falls in love with this regular woman, but then that regular woman but winds up being accused of witchcraft and burned at the stake, and then Dracula's like, screw this, I'm killing this whole town. Dude, spoilers. <laughs> yeah. It's the very first five minutes of the first episode. <laughs> yeah, but spoilers. I wanted to watch those five minutes. It's still really worth watching okay, just for the like, just for the you animation know you alone. Don't, you don't Do they use the music? Dracula. So thank you for bringing that up, Sam. Uh, that's a great question. They don't. What was uh, the question? Because I think I spoke over Do they the use music. the music? They don't oh. use the music. Uh, and maybe that's because, to be fair, that so far, uh, now season two is out, but I haven't been able to watch it. Uh, the crazy thing about not you know, like where we're at so far in the story is, is that they haven't really faced off mm. only like, uh, and I don't remember which version of the Belmonts it is, but it's, it's, it's one of the Belmonts, uh, is fighting Alucard. And that's the only fight really Alucard. we get. We don't get a fight with Dracula um, on like a full scale yet. So I think season two is definitely going to have that. And hopefully we'll use some of the music because it's like now he's in the castle. And cool. him and Alucard have teamed up. 
So, oh, yeah, that's a that's a spoiler for you, dude. Yeah. We gotta cut that out. <laughs> Can you bleep that? Yeah. Uh, it's a spoiler you for know, season one, which has been out for a full I, two yeah, years. Yeah, we don't even spoil six cents yeah. on here. We don't know that Bruce Willis was. Bruce yeah. was what? You what? did that in the in the group message. He's bald, I'm very right? happy that I've already seen All it. Right, this I'm... is getting way too meta. Let me bring it right. In. Bruce Willis was bald the whole time. <laughs> Let me bring up some more stuff for you guys. Super Castlevania Four came out on the Super Nintendo. And that just sounds like a random fact if I drop it off right there. But Super Castlevania 4 is actually just a remake of Castlevania 1 huh. on the Super Nintendo. But why call it 4? Uh, that's are the very button, confusing. Are the, buttons ma- the button mapping, is that the same? No, it's different, obviously. Yeah, it's it's, more it's amazing. Yeah, you can even do right, diagonal no, that's, whips. A, that's what I'm saying. It's probably yeah. probably really good. No, it's really good. Yeah. I, I played it. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> it's really, really good. It sounds like you guys are arguing with each other, but you're agreeing <laughs> on everything. <laughs> uh, and now just to touch on something. So there, there are different versions of this game, uh, and I'm not just talking about like MSX and Game Boy and stuff like that. These are real different versions in the sense that uh, Akumaju Dracula is what it's called in Japan, and uh, I think that just stands for like Dracula's Castle or something like that. Like it's not it's not directly Castlevania. We get Castlevania, they get Akumaju Dracula, and the Famicom Disk System version comes out first in '86. And the only difference really there, besides like a couple of balancing things, is that you can save your game. You can save your game. You can name your character file so that at the end with the movie sequence, <laughs> it'll name you. As Simon Belmondo, <laughs> uh, which is his name in Japan. And then, uh, weirdly enough, in like sometime in the 90s, the Famicom got the cartridge version of Castlevania. So they already had the disc version, but they're like, oh, maybe you guys want the cartridge version. However, they added an easy mode to it, like an actual selectable at the main menu. You can select normal, uh, or sorry, hard or easy, no normal mode. And easy makes it so that you start with 30 hearts, you have 9 lives, you take less damage, your double and triple shots retain when picking up different sub-weapons, and, you're not going to believe this, no knockback. What? They got rid of knockback in the easy mode of, um... That's not even the same game. You know, it's the not even the same game? Yeah. I played it. I loved it. Honestly, <laughs> I really think that knockback was a mistake now, having played a version without it. They still stun you. It's not like you can right. do, like, invincibility hits and, like, just walk through enemies and then walk through a few while you have your temporary invincibility. Yeah. They do stun you. You just don't go flying backwards. <laughs> yeah, I want to know, though, like, in the context of the early 90s when this game came out, was there an argument among fans about just, like, the get good, play the hard mode? Or were there people that are like, oh, no, no, you can play the easy mode. I'm sure people are going to argue about everything. Yeah, yeah, and to be fair, though, the you know us North Americans, we never knew how uh, how hard we had it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, they just gave us harder games. Both the Famicom Disk System version and the cartridge version are easier than the version we got, maybe wow. because they just wanted us to stay with the game longer. Which Although, wouldn't or make to sense. Suffer. Although, yeah. for, um, for speedrunning, the knockback is actually really important. Because there are some jumps that you can't make in the normal game that you use, you bounce off of enemies using the knockback to reach higher platforms. Wow. It's like a main strategy in speedrunning, like skipping staircases that way. And there's even one section where you just skip an entire section, (laughs) just using the knockback from a bat or something. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Okay, I mean, that was, you know, like for me... I love that easy mode. I'm not ashamed to say that that's how I beat the game and played through it. I thought it was a ton of fun, and I highly recommend if you can get a hold of a Japanese cartridge version of Castlevania, (laughs) go for it. Uh, It's just weird that they even made that. 
But this thing has been re-released other, otherwise elsewhere, too, in, in totally different places. I think it, Virtual Console, um, Game Boy, all that weird stuff. So you can get it. You can play this game a ton of different ways. Anybody had any stray thoughts? We've pretty much been a collection yeah, of straight thoughts. I think we've. Uh, well, I don't know if it's been. A, it's actually been a collection yeah. of very focused yeah, thoughts. Yeah, but I, I don't think I have any that are stray beyond. I feel like we yeah, covered yeah. it all. Unless yeah. you got anything? No, I don't think so. No, I think... cool. All right, so I think in that case we can go right into the essential games list. What's the deal with the ball, though? Like, why is there? A... I'm kidding. No, no, I, yeah, <laughs> it's a good question. Uh, yeah, the the thing with the ball is that it is strange that it's the only like you get all your health back. At the end of the level, there's nothing else to do. But I guess maybe that's a way for them to help explain that you, uh, you know, that why you have all your health. Back. It's like their life force that you're taking. Yeah, that's but you know what I'm saying? It's like it's like a way for them to explain like why when you start the next level, you have yeah, all your health. Yeah. Otherwise, you might start with only like three bars. They should have just had like a little, uh, a little cutscene where you're like, you made camp in the dungeon. And well, you, you don't need to. You can just yeah, chop through. Yeah, I don't think I, I didn't really want that. <laughs> Well, I th- okay, then maybe they should have just had you, like, prepare a meal. Yeah, see, I, like, I guess I see I like the ball. <laughs> yeah, like, like something. <laughs> I like the ball, too. It just kind of, like, comes down and you collect it. You could spend time in there without it. Yeah, you don't have to get it right away. Yeah. You can imagine, you can role-play your having camp. Right. Yeah, you can All actually right. go to sleep for, for eight hours in nah, real actually, life. Actually, I think the timer still oh, runs down. Uh, All right, maybe yeah. instead you, you have this, like, a little cutscene yeah. where you're tending to your wounds. That would help. That, that no, would you help guy with, doesn't uh, get wounds. With realism, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, my my Simon doesn't have any uh, wounds. These, really? It's all, oh, it's all emotional. It's emotional damage. Bruises. <laughs> it's emotional damage, and after a while, he just can't take it. All right. Uh, for anybody who's still with us, it is now time for the essential games list. All right, it's time for the essential games list, and you know what that means, or you don't. Let's just explain it really fast. We've been talking about this game and, like, how revolutionary it's been for us playing these games in chronological order. We're like, yes, finally another real game. But that's not what the essential games list is about. Now we're going to decide, is this game still good in 2018 or 2019, if that's what year you're listening to this podcast? <laughs> Who knows? You could be, If it's 2030, is it still worth playing? Because chances are, if it's still worth playing in 2018, it's going to be worth playing in 2030. We don't know yet. Everything could have been damaged. You can't play games yeah, anymore. Yeah, it might not be possible to play these games. This is the but... last surviving remnant of this video game. <laughs> of, of any electronic recording. Yeah. But we don't need to do, uh, you know, we did a lot of praise and stuff like that. We don't need speeches, unless you wrote one already, if you've already prepared a speech. Uh, I think we just need to do our votes and, you know, a little bit about why we are or aren't going to do it. Uh, basically, it takes two to tango here and get it on the essential games list. But if everybody votes for it, that's nice, too. Uh, so, Sean, Essential Games List, is it going on? All right, well, Mike, I actually did write a speech, so let me get that out real quick. Castlevania. What does it mean to me? Well, listener, I think it means a lot of things, starting with... Yes, this is an essential game. Nice! That's is it. that it? That's it. You didn't finish your essay. Uh, you should have done like I had a speech prepared today, but I'm not going to read it and then crumple it up in the mic. <laughs> um, Joe, essential games list vote. Um, yeah, so I originally, I really liked it when I was playing it, and I was worried that maybe I had nostalgia glasses. I was so I, I wanted, you know, I wanted to vote it essential, but I was like, am I just like, is this just because I loved it when I was a kid? Um, but I think now, especially after hearing your guys' opinion and just after, after playing through it more than I ever had as a kid, I got to go essential. Nice. Uh, and, so- uh, my, sorry. My other reason for that is because it did 
everything that I liked about um, Ghosts and Goblins, and not very much that I didn't like about Ghosts and Goblins. So it kind of it kind of was like the definitive version of that game, which I liked a lot. Right, right. It was yeah that game without like the incredibly hard, frustrating right. stuff, and but had, still hard. Yeah, I had hel- a health bar, and you know it wasn't just like one yeah, hit. Yeah, two kill, hits, and two we're hit done kill. with that stuff. Yeah. We're done with two hit games. <laughs> I want bars. Give me the bars. Uh, so Sam, it is a f- it is essential now. Uh, but you can put your stake in history on whether you feel either way, so let's hear it. All right, well, let me get my speech out. Why did everybody write speeches the one day I said, (laughs) don't read your speech? You guys never write speeches. All right, Sam. Webster's Dictionary defines (laughs) Castlevania. No. (laughs) I would have been very interested to find out what the hit by It's not in there. It's not not in there. Yeah, don't buy a a dictionary just to find out. It's not in there. Is that like your best man speech for Castlevania? (laughs) (laughs) No. Okay. Uh, So the other day I was talking to Mike, and I was saying, like, you know, like, I I just don't know if I'm feeling this game. And... Like I know that there are other action platformers there, um, and that exists in the world, but I couldn't really think of them, you know, and think of how they handle and think of them like thematically, as like as good as this, or like musically as good as this, or just kind of as original and cool as this one is. And I think that if you, like, we take all these games as. You can play a modern game or you can play um, this game and like putting them in that comparison. And I think if you want to play like a retro platformer uh, action kind of side scroller, whatever this is called, like whatever this would yeah, be. Yeah, sure. It's not, it's not quite a Metroidvania yet. No, no, kinda, no, no. Yeah, Metroidvanias don't yeah. start for a while with Castlevania. Yeah. Um, then, like, yeah, play this game. It's, it's a cool game. It's essential. Nice. Uh, I'm going to make it four for four here. It is essential to me. And I'll tell you, it's very easy for me to think about why. And I think that's just because it doesn't matter what's coming out today, in six months, in a couple of years. This game is still, it's still worth playing because it still holds up. Yes, there are a few like things that kind of are like, oh, well, that's a sign of the times or like, you know, uh, that could have been, the jump could have been better. But like just to Sam's point there, you know, when you're playing these older games, right, sometimes they scratch an itch that just a, a modern game can't. And it's super weird, but since we're talking about games that we're currently playing, I'm currently playing Octopath Traveler, and I love that game. I think it's really fun. It's good for, like, short bursts of grinding and stuff like that. But when we started preparing for Castlevania, and I had to choose between the two, I kept finding myself going back to Castlevania. And it's not because it's a better game than Octopath Traveler. And it's not because Octopath Traveler is a bad game. It's just this was really fulfilling something for me in the moment where I was like, oh, wow, this is really cool. And it's really well done. And I really want to beat this game. Like there, there was enough polish in the design. There was enough cool little secrets. There was enough different ways to approach the situations. There was enough variety in the way that you fight different bosses and different enemies. There's just so much going on here that I can't help but think that isn't this exactly what we want in all of our video games? And so that's why it's going on the Essential Games list for me and highly recommended. Four for four, unanimous. Like, this game is, uh, like, I know that we sort of got a, a taste of it with Ghosts and Goblins. We've already made sort of a comparison there, but I do think that this is the first time in this series, aside from maybe Mario, 
that I felt like I was going on an adventure. Yeah. So I, I would like to, to second that also, right there. This is like one of the only art mediums that I know that just has like all the monsters in it at once. You know, <laughs> like all the classic monsters. You got like the creature from the Black Lagoon kind of fish looking man in there. I'm yeah. not sure what that that thing is called. No, I agree. I think it but, is very creature of the Black Lagoon. Yeah, you got that guy, you got mummies. You got uh, skeletons. You got spooky Frankenstein. Yeah. You got Dracula. You got Raven from uh, the Edgar Allan Poe. That's so Raven. Yeah, you got uh, you got freaking so Raven. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got Medusa. That's like kind of Greek, but whatever. Yeah, uh, it, it's yeah. just it's cool. It's like a monster gauntlet, also as you go through. I and love it's it. Just like, but it's all it all fits the same theme, even though they're all different. You guys don't know a lot about Castlevania Two. I'm gonna guess. Uh, I know a bit. But are we looking forward to it? Yeah. I'm very much looking forward to it. In this, a way. This is also the only Castlevania game I've ever played. Okay. and I'm, So now I, it's blind I, for the rest. Yeah, yeah. but I, I do know that, by general opinion, they get better, and then sometimes they get much worse. Yeah, yeah. But I think these ones are going to be the ones that are going to be I good. haven't played Castlevania 2 in a very, very, very long time, so I'm excited to see if it has the same effect as Castlevania. However... Some people on the internet know how uh, how Castlevania 2 is looked at, so it will be surprising, to say the least. But we have a while to go for that, and that's about all the time we have for this episode of Nostalgia. Join us next time for Ikari Warriors, and be sure to play it yourself if you can. Uh, we run a podcast over here, and we need subscribers, because otherwise... Do you know any subscribers? Yeah, otherwise we're just... Oh, yeah. like, do you have friends that you could tell to listen to this podcast? No. Uh, seriously, though, if you're listening, thank you so much for listening. Like, we just ask that you keep coming back. We don't need anything from you other than your uh, ears. And, you know, maybe someday we'll need your eyes when we decide to take this thing on the road. Live but, show. Yeah, a live <laughs> show. But, uh, you know, just continue to listen. We post episodes every single Friday. And uh, that that's pretty much does it for yeah. me. Yeah, thank you for joining us for the Nostalgia Spooktacular. Yeah. Wow. Con- uh, conveniently not on Halloween, because yeah. we knew that you couldn't handle that much spookiness <laughs> yeah. at once. Hope uh, you had a good Halloween, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm Michael Esposito. You can find me on at Esposito Film on Twitter, and I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>